A very good Sunday to you, food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio and a very good Labor Day weekend to you as well. Whether you love to cook or love to eat, you are bound to find something you'll love on this program. It is radio's answer to culinary conversation and inspiration, I like to say. I'm all about the culture of food and living the best life, and we're celebrating our ability to feed the soul. From trends to travel, tech, the environment, wine, mixology, and more. Whether you're thinking about your Sunday barbecue or planning your week's meals, I hope you'll love listening to this show. I figure you're sending summer out in style, grilling and chilling this holiday weekend right so stay tuned because you can savor the flavor i have some tips and techniques that will make you a grilling god this weekend heating it up in your radio every sunday i am over the moon that you're listening to talk radio 790 kabc because i'm back that's right some years ago i had six wonderful years at this station and i am so happy to be home you can hear this show full of delicious conversation since i cover everything from food to travel, wine conversation, cocktail inspiration, and more every Sunday now at 12 noon right here on Talk Radio 790 KABC. It is good to be home, so let's get this party started. Feed your insatiable appetite just by tuning in. Just so you know, I'm a CIA grad, a certified sommelier, and a four-time cookbook author, and I've been very privileged to spend the last 15 years on television and radio. Do you watch Cutthroat Kitchen? Okay, well, enough said. You can gain in culinary intelligence just by staying tuned. And of course, you can listen to the podcasts on iTunes. Just search Chef Jamie Gwen. Plus, I'm always serving up seconds at chefjamie.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. It's a gorgeous weekend here in Southern California, don't you think? And it's the last party of the summer. So what are you cooking? I'd love to know. You can always email me direct, Jamie at chefjamie.com and I will answer you personally. I thought I would kick off this show with my homage to summer. Really the last three things I think you should make to relish the season and savor the sweet heat. I'll call it a trilogy of sorts. The essentials for a Labor Day barbecue. And it's not too late to learn the secrets of these three refreshingly cool tips and methods because they will make you a culinary hero this holiday weekend. So here goes. It's hot out there, right? So you have to fire up the barbecue because, of course, you can't grill and chill without it. But I recommend that you keep your starters cool. Now, for something with the word summer in its name, I love the Vietnamese-inspired appetizer that is bright and light and perfect for outdoor entertaining. Plus, if you assemble all of the ingredients in advance, you can put your friends and family to work to make their own summer rolls. So here's what you need. You need some cooked shrimp and rice paper wrappers, which are easily found in the Asian section of your supermarket or any Asian market for that matter. A few summer peaches so that you capture that last sweet bite of summer, some cool strips of cucumber, maybe some crunchy radish slices, and then a mess of fragrant crunchy herbs like basil, cilantro, mint, even chives. Now you invite your friends to the table with their cocktail, by the way, and then you get them to help you roll a bunch of these summer rolls. All you do is 
soak the rice paper wrappers in water for about 30 seconds. And then you lay them out on a plate or a cutting board and you add a mix of all the summer roll ingredients. Then you roll them up tightly like an egg roll and you cut each roll on the bias. Now for a dipping sauce, while I love the traditional fish sauce that's spiked with chilies and garlic at your favorite Vietnamese restaurant, you can simply buy a bottle of sweet and spicy Asian chili sauce for a great substitute. And then lastly, to make the best culinary impression, I recommend that you set out a bowl of finely chopped peanuts so that your guests can dip their roll in the sauce and then in the peanuts for that salty, crunchy bite. Oh, they're so good. I'm making myself hungry. Okay, now on to my second last bite of my summer chef's tricks. Make sure that your salads are cool. You want your veggies for crudite or for dips or even for that summer salad to be really crunchy, right? So I recommend that you give them the ice challenge. Now, for all of you thinking about the ice bucket challenge to raise awareness of ALS, I did that and it's posted on my Facebook page at Chef Jamie Gwen. But back to the veggies. For every kind of vegetable like carrot slices or threads, radishes, even wilted greens, for salad. If you plunge the vegetables into an ice bath, which simply said is a bowl of ice water, and you let them chillax for about 10 minutes or so, then you spin the greens or dry the veggies well, you will have that killer crunch that the pros give you when you order your favorite salad in a restaurant. It's a pretty good tip, right? I know you're heading to the kitchen right now to make a water bath or an ice bath, and you're going to plunge your veggies in just seconds. Well, lastly, I do think that you must serve tomatoes at your last party of the summer season. Why, you ask? Well, because the end of summer tomatoes are always the sweetest, especially the heirlooms. So here's my best inspiration. For today's or tomorrow's barbecue, you could simply slice beefsteak tomatoes, season generously with salt and cracked pepper, drizzle with olive oil, and top with a dollop of fresh ricotta cheese. Or how about serving your garden's bounty of tomatoes as a pan tomate? In the Spanish style, you just grate the tomatoes using a microplane or even a box grater, and then you marinate the tomato mash with garlic and a splash of sherry vinegar, olive oil, salt, and pepper. And then you spread that tomato mash on grilled country bread for a classic preparation that is truly sublime. And then finally, you could always make my no-cook tomato sauce. It's super simple and posted at chefjamie.com. And it makes a great topping for a spatchcock chicken or even grilled shrimp. So, Those are my best end of summer ideas that are easy to make and hard not to love. And of course, you'll find all the information you need heard on this show at chefjamie.com. Now, my goal is to make you a better cook in your own kitchen. In essence, I really want you to think like a chef. So also posted on the site every week is a simple tutorial for something new that will allow you to expand your culinary horizons. 
ingredients. And this week's Think Like a Chef feature is how to make easy pickled red onions. I love sweet, spicy pickled red onions. In fact, I love anything pickled. It could be cauliflower or carrots, uh, especially red onions. And if you open my refrigerator and take a sneak peek, you will always find a mason jar of something pickled that is homemade. Maybe there are zucchini pickles or even the pickled red onions uh, that we're discussing here. But I will say nothing tops a fish taco better or adds that sort of sweet, spicy, what they call in Italian an agla dolce flavor and crunch to the top of anything that comes off the barbecue. And it's not too late to make easy pickled red onions today because you can eat them in just under 30 minutes. So what do you need? You need a large red onion that you've sliced into half moons. Then you're going to put a pot of water, a small pot, on the stove to boil. And you're just going to blanch the sliced red onions for about 30 seconds or so in the hot water, then take them out and use that ice bath that I spoke about a little earlier to shock them or stop the cooking process. Now, the reason for blanching the onions is because you want to soften them a little bit. You want to lessen the intensity of the flavor, but it also opens up the pores of the onion to absorb all that delicious pickling juice. Then you place simply vinegar, sugar, and salt, and any aromatics that you like, like you could use uh, fresh rosemary or red pepper flakes, fennel seed peppercorns, whatever you like, in a bowl, and you stir to dissolve the sugar and the salt, and then you add the blanched onions, and you can just leave the bowl at room temperature on the counter for about 30 minutes, and then dig in and eat them right away, or you can fill mason jars with the onions, and then store them in the fridge, or in the refrigerator with their vinegar or pickling liquid and they'll last about a month or so although I like to eat them from the jar so they never last that long now when it comes to the vinegar I like rice wine vinegar or champagne vinegar raspberry vinegar is delicious too and apple cider vinegar will work in a pinch um, but it is rather pungent and when it comes to the sugar you can substitute for agave or honey if you like but remember you need to dissolve that sweetness really well by the way the recipe once again at chefjamie.com where there are a few things that you won't want to miss as well like my weekly dish it's a grilled chimichurri new york steak which if you char it on the outside and leave it really medium rare on the inside it will burst with fabulous flavor plus i have a raspberry rum martini sparkler be careful those are a little addictive and then a frozen key lime mousse pie that is a no-bake pie in fact it's a snap to make it's creamy and rich and really light and luscious and if you top it with a sprinkling of toasted coconut you will no doubt be a culinary hero now nothing says summer like a great barbecue right But the epic ones, I know they happen at your house. And Smart and Final knows your type. You are a barbecue hero. Well, all the more reason to stop by for everything you need at prices that you're sure to love. Because Smart and Final really does have it all. They have the low prices of a super center, the big sizes of a warehouse club store, and the convenience of your local supermarket all in one place without any membership card or any fees. And if you haven't been to a Smart and Final 
extra store lately. They are better than ever. Plus, they have all kinds of party supplies at Smart and Final that the other stores just don't have. It's really the stuff that barbecue heroes are made of. Coming up this week, don't miss the boneless beef loin top sirloin steaks at $3.99 a pound on special, plus fresh cantaloupes, four pounds for just a dollar. Smart and Final warehouse prices, big and small sizes. Find a store near you at smartandfinal.com. And please stay tuned because let me set the table for you. Coming up, Ted Reeder, the grand grilling guru. Oh, I love this guy. Is joining us to gastro grill and he has some Labor Day barbecue inspiration you won't want to miss. Also, the food editor of Sunset Magazine, Margot True is here. She's dishing on the best beach cities in the West and she has a seafood roast that will have you drooling for more, whether you're at the beach having a picnic or just hanging in your own backyard. Plus, he's the sommelier for the people, Master Sommelier Michael Jordan is stopping by with wine picks for the last party of the summer. It's eating and drinking like you've never done before, so stay tuned. There's more delicious conversation in your radio right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen, don't go away. It's delicious, it's divine, it's food and wine. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. We do have the grandest guests on this show, and I love when Margot True stops by. Sunset Magazine is a lifestyle magazine, in fact, that celebrates the promise of the West, and Margot True is the food editor at Sunset Magazine. Nothing makes her happier than exploring the world of food, and we love that about her. Over the course of her career, Margot has won four James Beard Journalism Awards for her writing, and with her passion, Sunset Magazine continues to deliver monthly issues that are truly delicious. The September issue is on newsstand shelves now, and it showcases everything from a pizza piece, instructs you on how to grow a salad garden, and highlights the best beach towns to visit. So Margot dropped by to dish, and I'm glad to have you back, Margot. Welcome. Thank you so much, Jamie. Okay, it is um, September, and it's my birthday month, so I have to say I, I do begin celebrating at the beginning and finish at the end. Um, yes, you know, mine too. Oh, well, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. It is a transition month, though, when it comes to food and gardening and all the things we love that are lifestyle focused. And as we come into fall, I loved the piece about the best coastal beaches. And I was very much inspired to think about a seafood boil, um, a Northwest seafood boil, as you speak about in the Great Outdoors cookbook. And I thought that would be a great place to start. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, we're so lucky in California to have beaches that are still gorgeous and beautiful to visit in September. And in fact, that's often the best month to go because it's a little cooler, so you don't burn quite as easily, and all the crowds are gone. So you basically have the beach to yourself. That's it's true. actually wonderful. And the prices go down for the hotels and so forth around. So it's actually the ideal time, and we almost always, for our September issues, cover beaches for that reason. So the seafood boil that you mentioned is in our new The Great Outdoors cookbook, and for this, we teamed up with two Oregon chefs who like to go to the beach with their families together. And uh, it's um, John Gorham from Portland yes. and Jason French from Ned Ludd. And they're two of the best chefs there. And so they basically go to the beach. They go to this little fish shack right there. They buy all the fish fresh. Mm. 
Dungeness crab, clams, and cod. And then they just layer it up with vegetables. They used potatoes and uh, corn on the cob cut into chunks and onions. And essentially, they just put the longest cooking stuff at the bottom and finished with the most delicate stuff at the top. Which is so smart because it makes the whole dish forgiving, doesn't it? It does. It's really hard to mess it up. Right. You know, and essentially build a fire. And there's actually a wonderful website called beachcalifornia.com that will tell you all the beaches in California where you're allowed to build a fire. Oh, how great. Yes, because you have to check before you go. There's nothing more disappointing than getting there with all your gear (laughs) and then then you can't cook. Right, and fresh fish, too. And fresh fish, too. Yes. And, of course, you could bring it from home, but how fun to go to a seafood place that's right there. I love that. And And freshly caught. With regards to home, if you weren't venturing out for a boil at the beach, you could fire up your backyard barbecue and essentially assemble it the same way in a big cast iron skillet. Or I use a clean, freshly store-bought paint can to do the same. Oh, how ingenious. It's really fun, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Well, actually, what we've happened on is a canner, one of those 20-quart the oh, the great big pots. pots, yes. Mm-hmm. That's what we use. And then you finish the meal out um, and round it out, really, first with a lettuce and cucumber salad with goat cheese. There are a couple of sauces for dipping, I would hope, grilled bread into yeah. that boil. And then you cook peaches and figs in a cast iron skillet that looks so delicious. I, I want to lick the page. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they're caramelized with with sugar and butter. Mm, and a vanilla bean sticking out. Beans. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really Yummy. great. And it's this beautiful mixture of peaches and nectarines and figs and, mm. you know, black figs as well as uh, green figs. And then you pair that with an olive oil cake that you make ahead of time that's really moist and delicious. Mm. And those figs and nectarines go right over the top with a little dollop of creme fraiche. Mm, So good. Mm. Oh, you've made me hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The September issue is chock full of really great stuff. Congratulations to you on another article beautifully done. It is the idea of perfecting pizza, which some might think Uh. is already perfect in and of itself. (laughs) But I will say, having traveled through Italy and sat down to a Neapolitan-style pizza, there might be nothing better. And I love the tips and the tricks that are shared to try to duplicate that crispy, wonderful crust and the ratio of toppings as well at home. It's really a very good tutorial. Thank you so much. We were lucky enough to have a great teacher, Dario De Conti, who's at Kamomi Pizzeria up in Napa. And they are one of the few restaurants in America that is certified by the Verace Pizza Napolitana organization. Um, There aren't that many of them, and they have to adhere to very strict rules. And he showed us how to achieve very, very high heat in a home oven, which is crucial for getting that spring and the elasticity in a pizza. And essentially, you, you really have to have a pizza stone. It makes a huge difference, and they're not that expensive. And you just heat it. First of all, you crank your oven as high as it will possibly go, whether that's 500 or 550. Um, and then you put your pizza, well, you put your pizza stone in there and let it heat with the oven, and then let it heat for like another 20 minutes at least. And then when your pizza's ready, you just kind of shove it off onto the pizza stone, and it takes about 10 minutes to cook. It's a, and, you know, the faster the better. Right. Um, 
in a wood-fired true pizza oven, it cooks in 90 seconds. So that gives you an idea of the of the difference, but it's much better than 20 minutes. Well, you know? of course. And I love the idea of, of course, preheating the stone in the oven, but the extra time, this is sort of the same similar rule using my blender. I am a great blender fan, Margo. I don't know if I've ever told you that. Um, oh and I think it's from my, my restaurant days because we uh-huh. did much more in a blender than we did in a food processor because you get a silkier, more True. elegant texture, right? Mm. But I don't think that home cooks run their appliances long enough. I think we pulse, pulse or whiz, whiz. And if you yeah. let it go and you extend the time, you change the texture so drastically. And until you find the patience or pour yourself another glass of wine by mistake and, <laughs> and have let it go longer than you thought you should have, the same rule applies to your pizza tip. You don't realize the sheer virtue of what that piece of equipment or that tool can offer. Right. And it's, it's patience mm-hmm. and it's also paying attention. And if you can do those two things in your kitchen, your food is just going to be 50% better no matter what it is. Isn't, isn't that true? Definitely. Yeah. I plan to take your pizza tips and perfect my pizza at home as well. Oh, and wonderful. then I loved the piece on salad greens as well, because for grand gardeners, year round, no matter where you live, can lend itself to growing something. And growing a salad garden is such a wonderful idea. We grow a salsa garden at our house. My husband is a hot sauce fanatic. Uh So I make different hot sauces all the time. And so there's serranos growing in a pot and lettuces somewhere around there. And you can taper the garden to whatever you like. What grows in your garden? Well, I like to grow something different every season just because there's so many wonderful lettuces out there. We are lucky to live in California yes. where we can mm-hmm. experiment with all of these varieties that you don't necessarily find in the grocery store or even the farmer's market sometimes. Yeah, it's very true. And we've just made the East Coast jealous. But no matter uh-huh. where you live, <laughs> you can adopt the ways of the West very and true. certainly find inspiration from Sunset Magazine. Uh, grow your own salad garden, perfect your pizza, and make a Northeast boil Um, I think that's the greatest way to celebrate September with seafood. I've actually excerpted the recipe generously uh, given by Margot from the book, The Sunset Great Outdoors Cookbook, on my website at chefjamie.com with a direct link so you can bring the book into your kitchen and your home. And then as a reminder, Sunset Savor the Central Coast is coming up September 25th through the 28th at the historic Santa Margarita Ranch. You can sip and indulge and meet winemakers and brewmasters and artisans and tour the Central Coast Pavilion and learn from Sunset Magazine's expert editors just like Margot True. So looking forward to another fabulous event this year, Margot, and thank you again for sharing your passion on the radio. Oh, you're so welcome, Jamie. Thank you. I'll continue to flip through the September issue and find more that I love. (laughs) I hope that you'll find more that you love on this radio program as the delicious conversation continues right after this. We'll be right back. We're grilling and chilling because it's summertime. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Oh, I love this guy. Ted Reeder is one of the great gurus of the grill. And his cookbook entitled Gastro Grilling is one of my all-time favorites. 
You've heard him here before. The book was inspired by the trendy gastro pubs, but with the barbecue at heart, Ted has taken delectable recipes and reimagined them for the grill. It is a wildly creative cookbook, and it is chock full of more than 135 tasty recipes and mouthwatering photos throughout. One of Canada's most famous chefs and food entertainers, Ted Reader's passion for the open flame is legendary. He owns over 100 barbecues. He set the world record for the largest hamburger ever grilled, and his recipes are full of incredible flavor and inspiration. So grill masters rejoice because Ted is back, and he's bringing smoke and sizzle to your Labor Day menu. I'm so glad to have you back. Welcome, Ted. Thank you, Jamie. Let's dig into the recipes. I know you're grilling for Labor Day, but I know that you stand for fun and fun twists. So we want to know what your newest crazy, wonderful creation is. Well, the creation is my fire truck, actually. You have a fire truck? I have a a 1972 Ford cab over fire truck that was given to me by my business partners for my 50th uh, birthday. And so we are converting it into a beer and barbecue machine with eight feet worth of grills, eight feet worth of smokers, two draft taps that hold uh, and refrigeration unit to hold eight uh, kegs of beer, an upper VIP deck, flat screen, sound system, and a whole bunch of other good things to make Um, it a fun thing. So that is our newest crazy project. (laughs) That is super cool. I love that. Okay, so when you fire up the grills, we know that you'll be coming up with new gastro grilling ideas. Um, But only to flatter you a bit more, I have planned my Labor Day menu from your book and found tremendous inspiration in it. So I thought if I ran down the list of recipes, you'd give a little bit of background and insight into them. Okay. So I thought I would start with... Brown sugar butter crusted shrimp. I love the simplicity of it, but I know that you can teach us to master shrimp on the grill. The key with this is uh, the brown sugar kind of, when you rub the shrimp down, it caramelizes. And so you get this sweet, and then with a little bit of salt and spice in there, you get the heat that comes through. The trick to shrimp is, uh, one, after you've cleaned them, pat them dry before you go uh, to throw them on the grill or before you season them. So this way you get the nice tackiness to it. Mm -hmm. Get your grill hot, lid wide open, fired up nice and hot, and you're going to do this direct and quick straight off the grill. On two to three minutes maximum one side, flip them over about two minutes on the other, take them off, let them rest, sauce them up, and have a good time. Mm, So good. And then finish the rest cold standing over the sink when the night is done. Exactly. Right. Followed up with an ice cold summertime beverage. Yes, I was. I was going to say we would pour you a beer uh, for sure. Okay, when yeah. I went to look for a meat-driven, protein-based recipe, I came across your smoky garlic and herb grilling oil, and I was delighted to know that you use it on pretty much everything, which means all of us can. So, can you take us through what we need? And how much we can keep on hand? Is this something that you use day in and day out? Yes, you can make it ahead. It's not going to last forever in the refrigerator, so I try and make it weekly. And it's kind of fun because you can change it up and modify it as the season and as your herbs are growing out of your garden. So essentially, I take a one-pint mason jar Mm -hmm. and I put a whack of olive oil in there. And you could try different oils if you want, if you don't want to use olive oil. But olive oil, I find, gives a nice flavor. And then lots and lots of garlic. 
and then a variety of herbs. If you want dill, cilantro, basil, oregano, tarragon, you put the combination you want in of those fresh herbs, lots of them, and buzz it and puree it until it's smooth. Top it up with a little bit more oil so that it's a little bit viscous, and then baste that on your steaks as they grill, your chops as they grill, chicken breast, tuna, salmon, whatever you want, your vegetables on the grill, and it just adds a big burst of flavor to whatever you're cooking. Add some salt and pepper in there, and if you want, some lemon juice too. I love the idea too that you translate the recipe to the grill, and you make it smoky by adding a little drop of liquid smoke, right? And you roast the garlic yeah. first. So you really can perfect the oil to your own palate. Exactly. So roasting the garlic brings out the sugars in the garlic. Oh, sweet flavor. Sweet, not yeah. as sharp. Yeah, I love that. Oh, nice flavor. By the way, if you've just tuned in, you're late. He is Ted Reeder and the author of 17 barbecue books. His most recent and my most favorite is called Gastro Grilling. And he's taken grilling ideas and recipes to a whole new level. Would you dish about grilled squid, please, Ted? I believe that there is a, a tremendous finesse that goes along with grilling not only seafood and fish, but specifically squid and octopus too. I actually cooked octopus for my wife on our wedding night. And <laughs> I, love uh, it. I had caught it. And, uh, no way. We were, yeah, we were in Turks and Caicos, and we were sitting on a dock. I had rented a little house, and, and this octopus swam under the dock into the shoals on the shoreline. And my wife, we were on the phone. We were telling people we were getting married the next day. It was very impromptu. And she saw this octopus, and she said, get it. And get so it. I ran up to the pool. <laughs> I grabbed the pool skimmer. I set it in front of the octopus. I smacked the water. It swam into the pool skimmer. I grabbed it. I took it up to the kitchen. I put it in a pot, and I cooked it for about two and a half hours and let it chill in the pot overnight. And we had it the next day, and it was fantastic. But squid. <laughs> no, I love um, the octopus story. Did you grill it? I did grill it. So after it, it cooked, and then I let it sit in the cooking liquid overnight to cool, uh, I then peeled it right, and then marinated it with uh, lime juice, fresh garlic, a little bit of ginger, salt, and black pepper, and olive oil, and then threw it on a very hot charcoal grill and cooked it for, it was just minutes aside. With squid, it's the same thing, hot, fast uh, grill, high heat, lid open. And you want to score the body, clean the body, and then score the body. And I like to sometimes marinate it in a bit of buttermilk. It helps to tenderize it. Not too long, you'll, you'll turn it to mush. So nice. usually just it needs about an hour. And then quick on the grill and season it up. Very simple seasoning, salt, pepper, uh, garlic, fresh herbs, and baste it on, and you're going to have a delicious, delicious squid off the grill. Yeah, I love the idea of the grilled prosciutto-wrapped radicchio and a caper balsamic sauce alongside. <laughs> you're the only man I know that grills on his honeymoon, Ted. <laughs> I love it. I really do. Um, okay, take us to the, <laughs> to the sweeter side. There's a recipe in the book for a rotisserie of rum-injected pineapple. And I've said for many years on this show that there are are multiple things that will make you a culinary hero in your own home, in your own kitchen. I think a rotisserie rum-injected pineapple qualifies. It's a fun thing. And, and when, you're, when you've got company coming over for the long weekend, 
having a pineapple just spinning over the hot coals or on your gas grill, whatever you've got, just looks fantastic. So, one, you got to peel it down, mm-hmm. and then you put it on the rod, and you take some rum and a little bit of melted butter, and you inject the pineapple all over with the rum. And then you can rub the outside with black pepper and brown sugar and put it on the spit. And you'll need more than one pineapple. I suggest two. And let it turn over that heat and let it go and go. And it's going to get soft and tender. And the sugars are going to caramelize on the outside. Mm. And that pineapple is going to be oh so juicy. Mm. You can slice it and serve it with some grilled pound cake, or you can put it on some ice cream, or you can eat it just on its own. Oh, yes. And uh, I like to season it with a little bit of black pepper on there, too, so you get that sweet and a little bit of the sharpness from the pepper. Sure. I think it just slid off my and chair. It is, and, oh, inject so it good. with lots of rum. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. So and then post it at tedreader.com. Uh, you have the last word here. Exactly what are plankies? Plankies are plank, grilled, slash smoked Twinkies. And so I came up with this while tailgating in uh, Buffalo. I was catering for, for some clients down there, and they're like, what's for dessert? And I'm like, I didn't do dessert today. We're going to a football game. They said, well, we want some dessert. So I ran over to the gas station, and I bought some Twinkies and some Oreos. And at that time, I bought peanut butter and some jam, all in this variety store gas station. And I came back, and I put the Twinkies on a, on a grilling plank, and it was a, a maple grilling plank. And then I layered it on top of all the Twinkies, lined up like little soldiers. I spread peanut butter, and you can use Nutella as well. And then I crushed up some Oreos, and some I had some caramel or score pieces, and some chocolate chips, whatever I found in there. I cut up Snickers bar, <laughs> and put them in the grill and bake them. And the key is when they come off the grill is you take your injection syringe and you inject every Twinkie with like a quarter shot of bourbon. And they're to die for. For tailgating, they are a huge hit. Oh, no doubt. Quick and easy and delicious. Name the holiday. They're a huge hit. I love the way you cook, and you certainly do stand for fun, and I'm grateful that you shared your passion once again here on the show, and I hope you'll come back. He is Ted Reader, truly one of the greatest gurus of the grill of all time, and Gastro Grilling, his most recent cookbook, is a must-have for barbecue lovers and all cooks. Learn more and find recipes at tedreader.com, plus an excerpted recipe from Gastro Grilling at chefjamie.com. Happy grilling to you, Ted. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much, Jamie. Have a super delicious week. And a good holiday to you as well. There's more scrumptious conversation in your radio. You wouldn't dare touch your dial now, would you? Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Pop the cork, Onophiles rejoice, the master is back. Sommelier for the people, Michael Jordan, member of the Court of Master Sommeliers, who has trained the finest psalms on the West Coast, is here, and that's why we call him our resident wine guru, of course. He is the director of Global Key Accounts for Jackson Family Fine Wines. He is my wine mentor and educator, in fact, and he can be yours, too, as you tune in and hear him on this radio show monthly to share the wide world of wine. We are definitely toasting today and sharing insight into sustainability and some of the best wine picks for your upcoming Labor Day barbecue. And I'm glad to have you back, Michael. Welcome. 
Oh, thank you, Chef Jamie. It's always so nice to visit with you. Thank you. I love to visit with you, too. Okay, this sustainability conversation is going to continue before we've even touched on it for the weeks and months to come. One, because it's a most important topic, in my opinion, and two, because it's very much front of mind for so many of us and because it's all the buzz. There's a lot of conversation about the growers and the vintners and the decisions that they make when it comes to making wine. So if you would, let's start at the beginning and define for us what sustainable wine growing is all about. Oh, I love it. Thank you. You know, I used to be so confused about this or just a misunderstanding. I thought myself that there was a good, better, best kind of scenario between what was sustainable, and back then I thought it was like, well, somebody that's just recycling their paper, they're kind of like <laughs> greenwashing you, they tell you they're sustainable. Then the organic farming, and then above that was biodynamic farming, which is organic to the nth degree, and then following lunar calendar, and a lot of other kind of bizarre behaviors in, included, but <laughs> yeah, they made pretty good wines. But I thought it was good, better, best, and really now I realize that that's not really true at all. Uh, while organic farming and, and growing your grapes organically is amazingly good and really probably the, probably the best thing you can do, uh, and biodynamic farming is just a little more extreme form of that for for uh, for the sake of our the time we have, but sustainability and organics all really have something in common. You know, organic farming, biodynamic farming, good for the whole farm, certainly good for people, uh, but sustainability good for the whole planet. And sustainability is the house, so to speak, that organic farming and biodynamic farming live in. Sustainability includes so many more things than just the actual farming practice of not using any chemical fertilizers or pesticides. Uh, But sustainability will protect all of the natural resources, like limiting the amount of water you use in a drought situation like we have now, so very important. And then also... Uh, every other aspect of the production of wine and the bringing it to market. So like saying in the winery, how much water do you use or reuse in the, in the winery, washing barrels and other things. Uh, one, one of the farmers that uh, grows in a vineyard I, I was just recently walking through said, yeah, well, we think about things like I'm not going to drive my tractor through here anymore. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, when you think about sustainability, the more I drive my tractor through here, the more I break up the topsoil, the more it's going to erode, and in 200 years from now, it won't be there. Hmm. Wow. I, you know, I would just never thought of something like that. And so sustainable concepts and sustainable farming and thinking is really of the essence, and that is truly the way to protect these vineyards and these farms so that we can farm on them 300 years from now and, right. and in, in safety. It's definitely a commitment to the future, that I think the wine growers that are progressive and forward thinking understand it's the long-term effect and we can make a difference by looking for wines that are sustainable or at least um, drinking those brands or from those vintners and winemakers who are committed. Is it something that we might find written on a bottle? Cause I don't always see it. Yeah, you can, you, well, you can, and not everybody's doing it. Even those that, are uh, at what's best is when they're certified from a third party 
uh, like SIP, Sustainability and Practice, is one of the groups that will certify a vineyard, a state, or a winery. So you look for SIP certified on the label, and uh, each country and each region has their own little, in Alsace they have this cute little ladybug that they put on the back of the label and Mm. on a leaf, and that's their designation. Smart. I think it's good to try to look for these, and I think that more and more wineries will actually be putting this on their labels. I know Jackson Family now is have been for so long, but now they're finally just putting it on the labels. Which is smart. And you know, I'm proud to support j as well, whom you're yeah. a friend of, and, yeah. and they are committed to sustainable wine practices. So it's about doing the homework and about committing to a better planet, all of us. We will continue this sustainability conversation and talk about the cultural and the physical landscapes around the world as we continue our conversations with Michael here and in your radio. So stay tuned and do your homework and see how you can make a difference to this beautiful planet that we all live on. I am going to make a difference this weekend. I am going to fire up the barbecue and grill, baby. And (laughs) we're celebrating Labor Day. So it would certainly be remiss if I didn't ask you to share some better, best, brilliant barbecue wines. I go straight to beer can chicken, right? Little Mm. dry rub love slow journey toward deliciousness, great with beer, yes, we know, but great with Zinfandel. I think of quaffable pink rosés for late summer barbecuing because you and I talk about them often and love them. I think of burgers and Oregon Pinot Noir, but you have a few new ideas up your sleeve. Sure. Well, you know, and that that Oregon Pinot Noir would sure go with that that beer can chicken, too. That it would. Gosh. Well, you know, Zinfandel, it's always so near and dear to our heart. It's like the absolute number one best, you know, safest pick uh, barbecue wine for, for red meats. And for uh, if you're, if you're going to go with meats, certainly Zen, man. Old Vine Zen can't go wrong. But uh, Cote de Rhone, mm. uh, a very inexpensive bottle of wine from the Southern Rhone, Cote, C-O-T-E-D-U-R-H-O-N-E, Cote du Rhone. It's made with primarily Grenache. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's just perfect for a lot of barbecue flavors. And if you're going to use a lot of barbecue sauce, then that's different than just plain grilling uh, for for sauces. Cote de Rhone, Zinfandel, Shiraz, like Yangara Shiraz. Oh, my gosh. You know, and they, they have a Grenache, too. Or Malbec. Or Chianti. Chianti oh. goes with anything that has lots of barbecue sauce on it. I don't care if it's a chicken, a fish, or, or, or red meats. Or sausages, and then if you're just going to do plain grilling, no sauces, just the the smoky grilled meat flavors. Uh, I think, especially for steaks and and beef. Well, now you can get into the Bordeaux varietals, Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, and and those are delicious with the, that grilled steak. If you're doing fish and shrimp, Chef Jamie, you and I both love that uh, shrimp with the barbecue sauce and some Chardonnay with oak on it. Oh, definitely so. And I'm glad that you mentioned it because white wine does have a place with barbecue. Oh, for sure. And Viognier goes well there, too. And if it's really spicy, uh, if it's shrimp, fish, or some kind of seafood, uh, or calamari and octopus are good on the grill, too, those types of things. If you've got some chili pepper and spice there, oh, Riesling is perfect. I was just going to say pool wine, as I like to call it. Summer of Riesling. Summer of Riesling. Last chance. Man, okay. And then if you're doing grilled veggies... Uh, I think sparkling wines really will work great with that's the That's a nice vegetables. thought. Oh, I love that. Okay. And that's something that not everybody will think about. And if you've got a, a good 
red sparkling wine. It can go with a lot of other things, too. But uh, here's my secret weapon, though, uh, and I love this one. I'm so excited to share it with all of you. All right. You have the last word here, MJ. Sangria. Sangria. Make a sangria. Serve it chilled. Goes with everything off the barbecue, red, white, everything. It's just delicious. I have to agree with you, and I would toast you with a glass of sangria right about now. Uh, and I do so, in fact, for the Labor Day weekend. And I thank you for always sharing your passion, um, albeit too short today, but looking forward to next month as we continue our sustainability conversation and bring more of the wine growing practice, communication and education into this show. I will meet you here next month. Can't wait. Well, you take care now. And, and cheers uh, thank you. to you. Thank you so much. He is yep. Michael Jordan, and cheers. you will hear him as our resident wine guru, master sommelier, and, of course, uh, Jackson Family Fine Wines Director of Global Key Accounts. So that brings us to the end of another hour of delicious conversation, providing an oasis for culinary sanity every Sunday. So open your mind, expand your palate, and join me in the coming weeks to gain delicious knowledge on the wonderful world of food and so much more. Of course, always serving up seconds with all the recipes and knowledge heard on this show at chefjamie.com. That's C-H-E-F-J-A-M-I-E.com. I'll leave you with this. I like to call it my last bite, my last ounce or tidbit of culinary inspiration. The Thai hot sauce, known in some circles as rooster sauce because of its iconic logo, you know it, of course, sriracha, is one of my favorite ways to add heat and spice to anything. And sriracha is traditionally used in Thai and Vietnamese cuisine because of its complex, really delicious, garlicky, chili flavor that brings everything from egg to stir-fried vegetables alive with great flavor, right? And we love it. Well, because you couldn't get your hands on a bottle a while back... Everyone is clamoring for a bottle of sriracha. But the only problem is that the bottle delivers like a big glob of sauce wherever you choose to put it. So we are solving the dilemma once and for all. Behold, sprayacha. Yes, you heard me right. If you attach a simple spray bottle cap to your large bottle of sriracha, you can now easily and evenly mist everything. So whether you're grilling out by the barbecue this weekend and you want to make your chicken sing or give your ribs a little extra oomph, you just spray a nice light coating of sriracha over whatever's on the grill and you will be able to fire it up just a little bit more. Here is to great grilling. I hope that I've made you hungry this hour, so hungry that you might just lick your radio. I'm getting fresh every Sunday right here and so I hope that you will too in. Until next Sunday, I'll meet you at chefjamie.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. I am Chef Jamie Gwen signing off. A very delicious Labor Day to you and yours. I hope you continue to eat well.